the other morning, I woke up pretty early in the, really early in the morning, like three in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. And so sometimes you lay there and you're like, I'm going to go back to sleep. But this morning I was like, I think I might pray. Let's just pray. So I started praying and the spirit of God gave me this phrase. I knew I was going to be preaching today. And this phrase came up in my heart and that's what we're preaching on today. Too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> Amen. And I was trying to relate it to uh, Jane, what I, the title was, and I kept getting it mixed up, and I kept saying, I'm too stressed to be blessed. No, 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 that wasn't it. We're not too stressed <laughs> to be blessed. Even though some people right now would say, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. They might say amen. Yeah, I just feel so stressed. There's no way I can be blessed. We know that we are living in a time, any time basically, when people have been alive on the earth. But we're right here at the end of this age. And when you get to the end of an age and you're getting ready to cross over and you know what the next stage is for us? Woo! the rapture, but when you're getting at the end of an age, it's like there's a little bit more pressure. The enemy knows that his time is short, so he stepped up his game plan, but we don't center in on that. There are many opportunities to be stressed. Can I get an amen? So I know that I'm preaching to real people. Y'all aren't robots out there, right? You're real people and you understand when I say that. And we could all make our own list of potential things that bring stress into our life. Anybody ever experienced any financial pressure and stress? How about anybody at work ever experienced any kind of, you know, deadlines or projects and there's a little stress there? Or maybe physical challenges. We know that can bring pressure and stress into our life. We also know that there can be relationship difficulties that bring stress and pressure into our life. I saw something recently. Did anybody else like the little minions? I like these little guys. Some of the stuff that they say is hilarious. Yay! Hi, Carol. I do too. I like these guys. They make me laugh. So just right in line with my message, somebody put it on Facebook this week and I laughed out loud. There was a picture. We can't show it because of copyright, da-da-da, but you can probably find it. Yeah, Google it. It was a little minion and it said this. He's holding a stress ball. You know, right now, one of the, it's very popular to have, for people to have stress balls. You know, they're shaped this way, they're shaped that way. These little stress balls, you're supposed to squeeze them in it, relieves the pressure and the stress. So this little minion guy's holding a stress ball and he says, so you mean to tell me a stress ball isn't for throwing at people who stress you out? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Anybody been there, done that? <clears throat> you might have a stress ball sitting on your desk and somebody comes in and this, what they're saying is not making you feel peaceful and joyful at the moment. You pick it up, you start squeezing it, but you have this image of throwing it right in their face. Anyhow, <clears throat> but we also know this, that God did not design for us to live in a state of being stressed out. It's unhealthy 
and it will affect our spirit, our soul, and our body. Even medical science will tell us that there's so many diseases that are the result of what? Stress. Maybe you've gone into the doctor for a checkup or whatever, and they, they ask you that now. What's your stress level on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, how about 20 there, doc? But anyhow. <laughs> but there are diseases even that are related to stress. Now, this is not a message to bum you out. We're going to get to the blessing part. But I wanted to up front just talk a little bit about stress. Let me give you a couple of definitions in good old uh, Noah Webster's dictionary. Stress. To press. To distress. And then this one I found interesting. A physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may be a factor in disease. Hmm. Well, like I said, God did not design our bodies to carry heavy burdens, weights, and cares. The opportunity is there for all of us, but the Bible is clear on what we are supposed to do with those opportunities for care. Jesus said this. Yes, I'm going to read you some scriptures. That was my introduction. It's pretty good, though, wasn't it? Anyhow. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And this is in the New King James. Come to me. Well, there's a clue right there. What are we supposed to do every single day of our life? Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy burdened. And I will make you more stressed out. I'll give you a longer to-do list. No, I will give you rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. I just like that word, don't you? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And I will, and, and you will find, say it again, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So much in this passage of scripture. First of all, come unto me. You can have the best husband, wife, friends, whatever. And we should be drawing strength from each other. But your husband or your wife or your best friend, they can't lift cares and burdens off of you. They can come into agreement with you, but we need to come to him. Come to Jesus. And learn of me, he said. There's a new way of thinking and living And there is rest for your souls. In case you don't know, uh, our soul is not the same as our spirit. Some people think that it is. But our spirit is created in the likeness and image of God. We are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And it is in that realm of the emotional area that we get tempted to get weary. 
get tempted to receive these thoughts that are going to bring pressure into our life. Now, we all know that our emotions are real. God gave them to us. And it's not a bad thing. We've had like three families recently who've had loved ones to go home to be with the Lord. And they're rejoicing that their loved one is in heaven. But there's also that emotional sense of loss. And we're not to suppress that emotion and say, no, I'm not going to cry. No, I'm not going to sorrow. No, I'm not going to grieve. No, I'm not talking about that. But we are to do what the Bible says. We sorrow not as those that don't have hope. There's that season where we're processing their, that they're gone and that adjustment and all of that. And there, there is the emotional side to it. But God said, come to me. Come to me. And you'll find rest for your soul. We should not allow anything going on in our life to get to the point where we are mentally tormented by it. Don't go there. That's not God. Come to Jesus. Amen. And then I want to read that same passage out of the Passion, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. In the Passion, it says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. Are you getting it? Come to Jesus. I will, I like this word too, refresh your life. And love this phrase. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Hallelujah. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find, say it with me, refreshment. And there it is again. And what? Rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Glory to God. If you've been carrying a heavy weight and a burden, we don't just go to Jesus and say, just give me more strength so I can carry this care and this burden. No, we come to him and we experience the great exchange. If you're tempted to feel weak and weary, come to Jesus and he will give you strength. If you're tempted to feel burnt out, come to Jesus and he will refresh your soul. It's an exchange program. That's why he said, give me all your burdens and all your cares and I will give you freedom from bondage. I will give you joy instead of sorrow. Aren't you thankful for the great exchange program? We don't have to be weak because he is our strength. Glory be to God. Well, I was sharing with Pastor Mark and I read this scripture to him and he said there's something on that phrase I am your oasis so we were talking about it you know an oasis is a wonderful thing and I looked it up of course I like definitions the word oasis a fertile or green area in an arid region such as a desert 
And then this one, something that provides refuge. Some of you may feel like you're in a dry, barren place right now. You don't have to raise your hand or shout, but I know we've all been there. We feel like at times that we're in a dry season, even in our walk with the Lord. You might feel like you're in a a desert place, but Jesus said, I am your oasis. I am your place of refreshment. I am your refuge. I am your help. And when I looked at that word oasis, I started thinking about, you know, maybe an old western or something that you've watched, an old movie where people are out in the, maybe the Sahara Desert and they're, you know, they're about to die of no water. They're just, oh, they're burnt out and <coughs> they're on their last leg and they look up. And they think it's a mirage for a moment. They see these beautiful palm trees. And they see this little puddle of water. And they're thinking, oh, that's just a mirage. But their buddy says, what do we got to lose? Let's just crawl up there with our last breath and see. And they crawl up there. And they discover, no, it's not a mirage. It's an oasis. (laughs) Hallelujah. There really is water here. There really is shade here. And they drink that water and they get under the shade of those palm trees. And it's a happy ending to the movie. They don't die. They are saved by this oasis of fresh water. That's what Jesus is to us. He doesn't the Bible say over in Psalms 23. He leads us beside still water. He makes us lay down in green pastures. Jesus is our oasis in a time of desert, in a time of weariness. He is also, he's the burden remover. He is the yoke destroyer. He said, come unto me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me. I'm not going to make it your life worse. If you're not born again in here today, you will be by the end of this service. Come to Jesus. Hallelujah. He'll remove yokes. He'll remove burdens. The Bible tells us over in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Out of the Amplified again it says, Casting the whole, the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Every once in a while, no, once and for all on Him. For He cares for you, hallelujah, affectionately, and He cares about you watchfully. Our Father cares for us. And He doesn't want you going through life full of care. He took it for us. He wants us to cast all our burdens, cast all our cares over upon Him. I got a question for you. How good are you at casting? Some of you may be fishermen or fisherwomen in the natural. And I've been, you know, fishing with mostly just a little Zebco. What is that? Zebco 22. Those kind of little rods. (laughs) Fishing rods. I'm not great at fly fishing. And the one where you have to put the little lever back and all of that. But if you are a good caster, 
You know what? When you cast that line out, it goes right where you aimed. It goes where you want it to go. Somebody might tell you the fish are biting right there in that spot under that tree. And if you're a good caster, you know how to get the line right there where the fish are, are biting. You don't get it hooked up in the tree. You don't get it like this and get it in somebody else's hair when you're getting ready to cast it. Some people have done that. How, ask me how I know. Anyway. <laughs> Pastor Mark is watching today, and I remember one time we were down at my uh, brother, my sister-in-law, and my brother's, my sister and brother-in-law's place, and they had a pond, two ponds, kind of next to each other. And Pastor Mark had not really ever been fishing very much, so of course we were baiting his hook. Yes, we had to bait his hook. And then <laughs> casting, he was teaching him, my brother-in-law was teaching him how to cast the rod out. Well, we weren't getting any bite in this particular pond, so my sister and my brother-in-law was like, let's go over to this next pond. Well, pastor stayed at the other pond to practice his casting. So we're almost to the other pond, and we hear him saying, help, help, help. I think I got something. And we're just kind of ignoring him like, okay, yeah, right. He got a tree probably or a log or something. But he kept saying, I got something. So we all go back over there and he really did. He had cast his rod in a good spot apparently in his line and he caught a catfish. I don't know. It was pretty good size, but wasn't that big. But he kept... like four or five to his one but he kept telling everybody I got the biggest fish of the day because he learned how to cast and catch a fish but you know what we as believers we need to learn how to cast our cares on him cast them in the right direction Don't just cast them up here and say, hello, anybody, somebody up there, can you help me? No, say, I know exactly where to put this care. I know exactly where to aim this burden. I'm putting it on Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not casting it on a person. I'm not casting it here or there. Jesus, you said for me to put it on you because you care for me. Jesus cares for us. He doesn't want us caring that care. And don't be like the lady. Dad Hagen was in a meeting one time and this lady came up and she said, would you pray for me, Brother Hagen? I, I got all this stuff going on in my life. I got all these worries and these concerns. And he said, okay, sister, he read her this scripture. Let's just cast all your cares over on the Lord. And she goes, oh, no, no. I don't need to cast them all on the Lord. I can just, let's just do half of them. I can keep the rest. No. He doesn't want you keeping anything. It's not about us trying to make it work. It's about us trusting Him. Don't keep that door open to the enemy. You know, when we're full of cares and worry particularly, it will rob you of your faith and the victory that you want. Amen? It affects the blessing flow in our life. You and I need a good revelation of how much... He loves us and how much he cares for us. 
I know I'm not teaching you anything new today, but the Word of God is good. And the Word of God is real. And the Word of God will work when we put it to work. You're familiar with this passage of, of, the, of Jesus talking about the birds and, and the flowers. It's over in Luke chapter 12, 24. But I want to read it out of the passage, the passage translation. Take the carefree birds as your example. Do you ever see them worry? They neither grow their own food nor put it in a storehouse for later. Yet God takes care of every one of them, feeding each of them out of the abundance of his love and goodness. And I like this phrase. Isn't your life more precious to God than a bird? Be carefree in the carefree God. Say that with me. Don't you like that phrase? Be carefree in the care of God. We can be carefree because we know He cares for us. A carefree life is a blessed life. And we're going to talk about walking in the blessing of the Lord for the remainder of this message. The word bless is a powerful word. We use it sometimes flippantly. You know, somebody sneezes. Oh, bless you. Well, we used to say that. Now we run because, you know. No. (laughs) So six feet away, we say, God bless you. But the word bless means much more than just bless you if you sneeze. It literally means this. I looked it up. To confer or invoke divine favor upon. That sounds good, doesn't it? I think it was Brother Copeland that said this about the word bless. Empowered to prosper. Woo! Anybody like that one? Hallelujah. The blessed life is when God's favor is resting upon you. Again, Noah Webster in the 1828 dictionary says, when a person has been blessed, that means happiness, favor, prosperity, success, and plenty have been pronounced upon him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are blessed. You are blessed. Blessed. Hallelujah. That means you are empowered to prosper. That means that favor has been conveyed upon your life. They've been pronounced. Favor and blessing are pronounced upon us. Not by a man or a woman, even though it's good to bless one another, but by God himself. Hallelujah. He has blessed us. Glory to God. And a good way to remind us how blessed that we are is to meditate on blessing scriptures. Let me just read some to you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has done what? He's blessed us. Woo! He's blessed us. 
with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every. That means all. Everything that we need, He has provided for us. We are blessed. Glory to God. Blessed. Happy and fortunate. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then Psalms 512, it says, For you, O Lord, will do what? Bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. We are, you know that one song that we sing, PT? It may look like I'm surrounded. Surrounded by evil, surrounded by bad, but that's not the case. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by Him. I'm surrounded by favor. Glory be to God. Everybody raise your hand and say that. I'm surrounded by the favor of God. Glory to God. And then this is another one. Pastor Mark shared this one with me. Psalms 3.8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. And that phrase, the blessing is upon your people. It, it just literally means His blessing is on us. It's on us like a cloak. Put on the blessing of the Lord. Put on the favor of God. You may walk in your office or walk in somewhere, and that morning you've just been declaring, I'm surrounded with the favor of God. Today I have put on the cloak of blessing. And people are like, hey, you look so good today. What are you wearing? You can say, I'm wearing favor line. I put my favor line on today. You want to see the tag? It says favor. And I'm wearing it. And I'm having it wherever I go. Amen. There's a thought. Maybe somebody wants to do a favor line. Hallelujah. There's t-shirts for everything out there. Glory to God. Anyway, we are blessed. We are happy and fortunate. We, the people of God, no matter how bad your circumstance may look right now in the natural, we do have something. And we have someone that the world doesn't. And that makes us fortunate. I've been reading in my daily devotions every day almost a a psalm with what I'm reading. And I looked this up. In the Amplified Version, listen to this. The phrase, blessed... Happy, it's in that one right there. We're coming up to blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. That phrase in the Amplified Classic in Psalms is used 21 times. And in the book of Proverbs, five times. So can you handle me just reading you some more blessed scriptures? Hallelujah. The Lord put this phrase in my heart. We need to be reminded. I'm too blessed to be stressed. And when you need to be reminded of how blessed you are, go ahead, read some scriptures, particularly in the book of Psalms. This is one of them. Psalms 84, verse 4 and 5. Happy, or no, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are those who dwell in your house and in your presence. 
It's a good thing to dwell in the house of the Lord. It's a good thing to come to the house of the Lord. We are his temple. We are his house. But there's something special about the corporate anointing. Amen. He's in our midst here today. Woo, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be here, aren't you? Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They will be singing. That's what we did today. They will be singing your praises all day long. Selah. What does Selah mean? Pause and calmly think about that. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whose strength is in you. Did you know that strength arises? Strength comes upon us as we bless His name. In His presence is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. As we bless the name of the Lord, we are lifted up. As we lift Him up, He lifts us up. Glory be to God. We are one fortunate people. It's it's a good thing to know how to come into the presence of the Lord and exchange our weakness for His strength. Hallelujah. It goes on here in verse 11 of that same chapter. For the Lord, He is my sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bless. No good thing, no good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord, the O Lord of hosts. Here it is again. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who trusts in you, leaning and believing on you, committing all and confidently looking to you, and that without fear or misgiving. The Lord God, He is my son and shield. The Lord God, He will not withhold any good thing from us. The Lord God, He is the blesser. He is not the cursor. The Lord God is not the author of sickness and disease. The Lord God is not the thief. The Lord God is not the robber. The Lord God does not come in and steal. No! He's the blesser. Every good thing cometh down from the Father above. He doesn't have cancer in heaven. That did not come from God. Every good thing comes down from the Father above. Let me just help you with your doctrine. People get really confused and they start blaming bad things on God. Oh, God killed that person's dog. God caused this and God caused that. He did not do that. Our Father is good. If you want a simple way to keep your doctrine straight, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. There 
you have it. No good thing will he withhold. Hallelujah. From those that do what? Trust him. Do you trust him? That's kind of weak. Do you trust him? Are you confident that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it? Our good, good father is doing good, good things in our life. And some of you are looking at me like, well, then why do good things happen? I mean, bad things happen to good people. That's a really good question. And we don't have time to go into all of it. Except for this. We live in a fallen world. Adam sinned. And because of that sin, sin entered into this world. And the Bible even says that Satan temporarily is the God of this world. And so he runs roughshod over people. And even wonderful, good, loving Christians sometimes are caught in the crossfire. And bad things happen to good people. But we don't, we do not base our relationship on, with God on what may have happened to Uncle Joe or Aunt Susie. No, we just always lift our hands and say, I might not understand all of this, but I know my God is good. He's good and he's good all the time. And every good thing cometh from him. Hallelujah. Don't always, always vote on the side of God. Don't ever line yourself with the devil and say, oh, you know, I think God did this bad thing. No. Always say, my God is good. My God is faithful. Hallelujah. Even in the midst of bad situations. And I'll show you that from this next scripture. Psalm, uh, Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. Again, I'll amplify. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is the man who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord. Is that you? Do you worship the Lord? Do you reverence the Lord? And then it says, at all times, regardless of circumstances. Hallelujah. I think maybe I had, yeah, that's the right one. Regardless of circumstances. Some of you may be saying, well, hmm. My current circumstance is not screaming, blessed, happy, fortunate, certainly not to be envied. Well, that's why this verse says we're blessed regardless of our circumstances. Why? Because we serve the God of the breakthrough. We serve the good, good God. And even when we don't understand, and even when things are going crazy in our life, if we still lift up our hands and bless and worship and magnify Him, He's going to turn it around. Hallelujah. He's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of the breakthrough. So never get mad at God. Never get angry at God. Stay on the side of God that He is good and bless Him regardless of what may be going on in your life. And don't quit 
Remember this. If you didn't have good potential for success, the enemy wouldn't be fighting you so hard to quit. He's trying to get you to quit and throw in the towel right before your breakthrough. Folks, don't do it. Hold fast. Hold steady to the confession of your faith. And I say this under the anointing and by the Spirit of God. Some of your breakthroughs are a lot closer than you can even imagine. Woo! Glory to God. You continue to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. He forgives all of my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. Glory to God. I want to give you this really great illustration about not quitting and holding fast and seeing the blessing of the Lord manifest in your life. I heard this a few years ago. There was this man that had worked at this particular company for many years. He was a strong believer, but he had a very ungodly supervisor. And different promotions would come up, and he knew that he was qualified for that new position, and he should get it. But his supervisor would always recommend someone else, and it was like he he never got the promotions. So after a bit, after a few years of this, he's like, okay, God, I'm just going to quit. I'm going to go to another company. And on the inside, aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost said to him, no, hold steady. Don't quit. So he held steady. Not long after that, this big project came available at the company. And he was asked to work on this project. And the owner of the company was also working on this project. And he was so, uh, he diligently, God gave him wisdom. He did such a good job that after a bit and the project was done, this other promotion came available. The president of the company skipped over the ungodly supervisor, went right to this Christian man, and he said, you are now going to be the manager of this whole department. The Christian man became the ungodly supervisor's boss. Woo! And that... That position came with an increase of salary, major increase of salary. The blessings of the Lord overtook him. When it looked like man was trying to limit his potential and his ability to rise up in that company, God shone a spotlight on him. God magnified him to the boss. Woo! To the owner of the company. And I just feel like that came up in my heart when I was preparing for this. There's people in here today that God's going to do that for you. He's going to amplify you. He's going to magnify you to the head of the company. Glory be to God. Don't think that you are limited by how somebody might be treating you or what they may be saying about you. You're not who they say. 
say you are. I am who he says I am. And I am blessed of the Lord. And you can't keep a good man or a good woman down. Cream always rises to the top. Woo! Some of you are about to be promoted. Glory be to God. As a matter of fact, if that word speaks to you, if some of you have been harassed on your job, if some of you, you know, it's like, oh, it's difficult being in this place and in this position, I want you to stand up right now. If you're having some trouble at work, you stand up right now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's an anointing right now. You don't have to come down here. I'm going to stretch my hands toward you, and I want you to receive this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over these assignments of the enemy arrayed against your people. We bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. And now we confer the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord comes upon them. And we thank you, Father. You cause them to rise to the top. And we thank you. We just see it now. A tangible anointing of favor. Favor of the Lord upon you. The blessing of the Lord. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. But God is going to cause you to rise above the situation and the circumstance. Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. Promotion comes from God. And in the name of Jesus right now, we speak promotion. We speak increase. We speak a raise in their salary. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, do y'all agree with that? God bless you. We want to hear your testimonies. We want to hear your testimonies because we know they are coming in. Now there's another group of people. Glory be to God. If you need a job, you haven't had a job or, or you need a job, you need a better job. You stand up. Hallelujah. There was an unction on that story. And it wasn't just a story. It came from the Spirit of God. He wants you guys to know. He cares about every area of our life. Father, we thank you right now for these precious ones. We see them standing. Faithful men and women of God. And we come into agreement with him. A faithful man, a faithful woman shall abound with blessings. And we agree with them, Lord, for a new job, a better job, a job if they currently don't have one. Coming to them. Increase. Increase, yes, and open doors and divine connections, divine appointments and glorious connections. Thank you, Lord, for connecting them to the right people and the right companies in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Do you receive that? Hallelujah. Praise God. I love Holy Ghost interruptions. Thank the Lord. Amen. Well, I was about ready to close anyway, and I just want to, this is different for me, but this is what came up in my heart. I want to speak a blessing over you and declare it. 
How many of you are familiar with that? It's a current song. It's so annoying. It's called The Blessing. Carrie Job, and I don't know who else sings it, but it's wonderful. But it was taken, if you don't know that song, look it up on YouTube. It's called The Blessing, and it, there's several versions. I really like the one where they do it in Hawaii. Woohoo! It's really awesome. Anyhow, stay focused. <sighs> We're not on the islands anymore. We're in Hayward. <clears throat> Aloha! Anyhow, but... The blessing, it's called. And it's taken from this passage. And it's instructions to the priest on how to speak over people. And there's a lot of churches that actually do this. And we're not doing it out of a religious exercise. I really felt prompted to do it this way today. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. And I'm going to ask you to put your hands out as a sign of I'm going to receive this blessing from the Lord. And I'm going to read you these scriptures. Number 623 through 26. He said, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you will bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Everybody say, I receive the blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And there's another one. I'm going to read this one. And as I read it, and I mention this name, you put your name in there. This is Psalms 115, verse 12. 12 through 15. The Lord has been mindful of us. The Lord, he will bless us. He will bless the house of Thomas. That's up there, actually. Just read it with me, this one, okay? Put your name in there. Let's start over. And where where it says house of, you put the name of your family in there. One, two, three. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Thomas. He will bless the house of whoever, Hernandez. He will bless those who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. Now let's lift our hands. We thank you, Lord. We are one blessed, fortunate people. We receive your word today. We receive the blessing of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are not overtaken with despair we are not overtaken with fear there's some people either in here or watching online that you've been very concerned about the future it's just become like a a stronghold in your thinking of how bad are things really going to get and you're real fearful somebody's real fearful about their kids maybe little could be all the way up through college going back to school this anxiety has just been 
bombarding your thinking about the future of your children. <laughs> There's no reason to fear the future. As scripture we read in Proverbs, I have no fear, I have no misgiving. We don't know everything about the future. There's a lot I don't know. I probably don't know anything about the future, really, other than I'm blessed. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. <laughs> and because I know who holds the future, I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to be in anxiety. I don't have to be full of care. I'm carefree. How about you? I'm too blessed to be stressed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.